Good evening, folks. Coming to you from the east side of Germantown, you're listening to the award-winning Germantown Info Hub Radio Hour. I'm Maleka Fruin, community organizer at the Germantown Info Hub and Germantown Neighbor. My esteemed colleague Rashid is out this week, but they'll join us again soon. The Info Hub Hour is all about news and engagement in Germantown. You can check out what's going on by visiting our website at germantowninfohub.org. Tonight, we'll hear about mighty writing classes in the neighborhood, a multimedia art exhibit turning into a healing center, using technology in our community, and Men Who Cares, Clayton Justice and his vision for Germantown and community organizing in 2023. Let's start the show. We start with Rachel Loper and Maurice Williams as they join us from the Mighty Writers organization to talk about their new Germantown location and available classes for kids. Uh, My name is Rachel Loper. I'm the Director of Operations and Impact at Mighty Writers. I was our first program director when Mighty Writers opened in 2009 at 15th and Christian. And we now have 10 sites across the greater Philadelphia area in Southern Chester County and New Jersey. Um, And I am very excited because I uh, live not too far from our Germantown site, and it's been a while since I was on the ground opening a brand new site, and we are so excited to be here in Germantown and be opening for kids in January of 2023. Excellent. And Maurice, could you introduce yourself? Sure, Ken. My name is Maurice Williams, and I am the Director of Education um, for Mighty Writers. And I come to love this organization for the amount of empowerment and engagement um, and enrichment that we provide to our communities, all free. Um, And I love that we get to engage our students and families in writing activities that can expose positive character development, leadership, and career exposure. Um, so I'm so excited to come to the Germantown community, and I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Thank you so much. So let's let's talk about this new location. Uh, Rachel, you had mentioned how many locations Mighty Writers has opened, which is pretty amazing in, in itself. But now we have one in the neighborhood, uh, and you are opening very soon. What made Mighty Writers come to this neighborhood? So this is actually, it's a neighborhood we've had our eye on for a long time. Um, Back when I was program director in South Philly, I had some really dedicated Germantown and Mount Airy families who used to travel to South Philly for programs. So it was always in my mind that Germantown is a very engaged community, that there's a lot of parents here who are willing to seek out resources and sometimes travel pretty far for resources. So we knew that we had families here already that we wanted to serve. And when we we moved out of our 15th and Christian space, um, because the landlord was repurposing the building. And so this is our main business hub as well. So from nine to three, we're going to have our admin team in here and it's our main business address. And then at three o'clock, we're all going to get out of the way so that the kids can come in after school and, and do some writing. Maurice, what are you looking forward to in this new space as far as education, as far as programming, and as far as the neighborhood kids? I'm looking forward to kids coming together um, to share their mighty voices. 
I think for too long with the pandemic, we've been so inside, you know, and not engaging, not being social. And I think that this is an opportunity um, to bring youth together, bring families together, to bring the power of the pen out in, uh, in our participants. So I'm excited. And to know that our our windows are open, you get to see, you know, the, the programs that as you're walking down the street. So I'm excited for the sense of community to be in the Germantown community, Germantown area. And us being so close to Uncle Bobby's, I just think that it's going to be just an amazing time and an amazing space um, for all who are registered and enrolled. Please enroll. Enroll in Mighty Writers Programming, because although it is free, um, space is um, limited. We are definitely going to talk about enrolling and registering, and we want to talk about the programs coming up in January. Rachel, real quick, let's check about this physical space. Like Maurice said, you are right down the street from Uncle Bobby's. What's the address and like what is the actual physical space going to be like? And are all the programs going to be in person? Yes, all the programs here will be in person. Mighty Writers does have some virtual offerings if that's what parents are looking for, but all of the all of the programs uh, will be based here and in person. Um, so we're at 12 East Church Lane, right around the corner from Uncle Bobby's. And we have temporary signage right now, so people should be able to see us. Our big fancy signs are coming soon. Um, and then the entrance... The entrance is at 12 East Church Lane. You walk into a small lobby where we imagine parents will connect and ha can hang out with their younger children and toddlers. Um, then we have a middle school lounge where we're going to have middle school students um, hanging out every day, getting to know us. Um, and then we have an elementary and toddler large room, which is the room that the two of you can see, but others on the radio cannot uh, behind me where we're going to run our elementary after school program. So this is all the way from toddlers to high schoolers. Toddlers to teens, absolutely. Well, this is really cool. So talk us through some of this programming that's going to that's going to uh, be at this new space, Maurice. Sure. Um, I'm really excited about each of them. Um, but the Radical Playdates is a unique program that starts at age five and up to age seven. And the workshop leader there is great. Her name is Lisa Brown. And the goal is to expand hearts and minds through books and explorations, to have those community and culture conversations that can bring identities into the melting pot for everyone to learn more about each other. And when we do that, we develop an appreciation. We develop understanding and empathy, and then we develop a, a togetherness. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about our mighty brotherhood, knowing that there are some issues that are attacking our young males. We have a workshop leader that is able to bring out the vulnerability, the transparency that our young men need so that they can heal, so that they can be themselves authentically. I'm excited about our girl power writing. Don't get me started, Maleka. I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited about our girl power writing because in that the young women are able to share their story because it's monologue based. So they're able to really put pen to pad and, and show who they are. And I'm, I'm just super excited about these offerings because I think that it's going to be a way to bring out each other's identity and image to the forefront. Mm. And I think once you know yourself, 
you can authentically move forward in this world. So I'm excited about that. And um, like uh, Rachel said, you can't see on the radio, but I'm looking at this toddler space and it is looking amazing. It looks like there's plenty of room to toddle about, et cetera, and get your, <laughs> get your read on. Um, tell us when, tell us when these programs start, talk to us about registration. Rachel, do you want to start? Sure, sure. So our Saturday program starts January 14th. Um, and then the following week, our school day pro well, after school programs will start. And so after school, we'll be looking at middle school young people coming in on Mondays and Wednesdays in that three to six o'clock hour. And then elementary students age eight to 11 will be coming in on Tuesdays and Thursdays in that after school time. Um, and so that's all going to launch the second week of January. And once we have our big signs out front, uh, we will be having an open house as well. So any family that registers for Mighty Writers Germantown through our website right now will get an invitation to that open house. If they wanted to come and meet Maurice, meet myself um, before registering, that would be most welcome as well. Maurice. Do these workshops, programs, do they cost money? Do Are there guidelines for people? Do you need to meet certain guidelines to sign up? That's a great question. And I'm happy to share that our programs are all free. So the main thing that people have to do is just go, go ahead and register on our website. And then they are enrolled in our program. That's all you have to do. Show up and we'll take it from there. Do you have a certain amount of slots available? Rachel, you can answer that. Sure, sure. So we do have a limited number of slots. So we ask that everybody who signs up does make that commitment to come to the program on the days and times listed. Um, but, you know, we it, we do accept enrollments on a rolling basis. And we're always making sure that programs are operating at capacity and giving opportunities to new families on our waiting list just as soon as they're available. Right now, there's no waiting list. So if people get on the list now, they will be in some of our first January and February classes. So do people go to the website to sign up, Rachel? Yes. Go to the website, mightywriters.org, and then go to the for parents section. And that's where our sign up form is located. Um, so mightywriters.org, go to learn more for parents. This is a great resource. Maurice, tell us anything else you would like to add for neighbors, for parents, for adults that just are interested in getting children involved in reading and in writing. Well, I would like to say, you know, as a parent, you know, of a of an eight-year-old daughter, you know, and of course, I'm a little bit biased because I work for this organization. Um, but I would say if you're looking for safe, fun, thought-provoking um, programs, then Mighty Writers is the place for you. Um, we're able to engage our students in social-emotional learning. Uh, we're not just a writing program. You know, we writing is a component of us. It's a strong component. But we do other things to engage the mind, you know, so we're always student choice first. So if the students want an art program, then we'll find a way to put that in there and just add some writing to it. If, if they want entrepreneurship, we'll find a way to put entrepreneurship and add some writing to it. So I would say if you're looking for a program that's continuously evolving and, and re ready to answer the call to what your students and what your youth need, 
then Mighty Riders is the place to be. And I'm hoping that we can see you soon in January as we start to open up our doors to the community. Definitely. So go and enroll, register. What's that website again, Rachel? MightyWriters.org. And go to the four parents section. Thank you both so much for joining us. I would love to come and check out that space soon. To be honest, I'm right around the corner. So I, I want to come check it out. And I have a toddler and a teen in my household. So I could use both. <laughs> and speaking on those teens, we do have an open computer lab option for teens on Tuesdays and Wednesdays from 6 to 7.15 p.m for them to get that, you know, use the internet to print, to get some study help. But that space is um, de completely dedicated to teens. Definitely good to know. Thank you both so much and we will see you soon. Thank you for Thank having you us. So <laughs>my name is Serena Lomax. I am the CEO and founder of the Epilogues. I'm also um, the host of the Serena Lomax show. I guess you can say I'm also an activist, a curator, and I am also an artist myself. So it's a long but short story. So the Epilogues was started back in 2018. My girlfriend's daughter, um, Dominique Oglesby was murdered March 18th of 2018. Her mother's name is Danielle Oglesby. She's one of my best friends. And Dominique was like my little sister. So she was murdered in March of 2018. At the time I was at Philly Cam, I was hosting TV and radio. I had been doing so at that time for about four and a half years. That started actually because um, I am a rape survivor. I was raped from the ages of five to eight. Um, and then I also, at the age of 17, my father um, went to prison. He's been in prison ever since. He has a life term for murder with no parole. So I had been through a lot growing up. And I had really changed my life at the age of 28, you know, just found God. And I wanted to start a show where people can feel comfortable to come on and tell what they had been through, but also do it in a way that allows people to kind of find themselves and find a path to be able from going from being a victim to a survivor, no matter what they believe. So I did that. And in the like the fourth season is when Don was murdered. So at that time, I started bringing on uh, parents who had lost their children to gun violence. And I was running into an issue of not having enough space to actually hold the interviews because I only came on once a week. Or if I approached some people and said, hey, would you be open to being a guest? They said, I would love to, but I'm not comfortable being in front of the camera telling my story in that type of intimate setting. So I created the epilogues basically as just an idea to honor families who had lost their loved ones. And I always loved fashion. Of course, you know, Philadelphia is known for music. I love music and I loved art. So I put it all together into a really big show. So it was really just an event at first and it sold out. And I was just really surprised that it did. Um, did it again. It sold out, but it went from like 15 families to like 65, 70 families. The next show, we had made it on a good day, Philadelphia. People kept asking for it. 
So I knew that I was onto something to be able to help people. So that's how we got started. Now what you're seeing in regards to it moving into an art center is because during the pandemic, I had tried to move to LA and go out there for film, but then I ended up coming back because I got in a really big car accident when I came back. But I always felt like this was not enough as far as having it as an event because we were doing these great things, but we had no resources for these families. Like It was almost like you were traumatizing them again, but we had nothing for them to heal from that. So this is where the epilogues has moved into the exhibit that you've seen at City Hall. I did it that way because I wanted people to see it as more of a center day-to-day compared to just an event that someone has this. And I also incorporated art therapy into the epilogue this year for at-risk youth. So now we're in this space of it now being moved into a center, but more of a healing center where they'll come, they'll be able to get the same thing. It's still going to be very artsy because it's wearable art, it's fashion, it's music, it's all those things, it's art included. But now they will be tapped into resources that will help them begin their journey to heal from what they've been through. So my vision, of course, the biggest thing is to get a space because hosting it and doing all these things around the city is very taxing. Secondly, I want something where it can be day to day because, you know, sometimes people just walk by and see what we're doing and they really love it. But, you know, everything has to kind of get broken down. So the biggest thing on the agenda is absolutely getting a space. Second thing is to actually take this on a tour outside of Philadelphia. I have connected with some people out in Chicago, also just went to Miami and Atlanta, and it's a couple other cities. So I actually have a list that I wrote down. It's about 15 to 20 cities that are also heavily impacted by gun violence. And again, I don't just do gun violence. I actually do work with people that have had sexual trauma as well and on the perpetrator side. So I do tie all of that in. And opioids is definitely on the agenda this year as well. I did that before, but opioids as well. But nonetheless, taking this on tour, what I find is when I do stuff like this and I bring families in the room that never, you know, had even as much as a conversation with each other, but they see each other's pain and they get to connect through that. They have built out some of the greatest friendships as well as community organizers that I do that with. So my goal is to take this into other cities, let it be impactful there, connect families, connect community organizations but also to create things together because of the fact that this becomes just such an intimate space for us all to open up about our needs and our desires. And they're doing some great things in other cities that we're not. And we're doing some great things here that they're not. So really just using this as a connecting piece through art and being able to take those hubs and move them into different parts of the world. So, you know, basically the art center that I will create here and have in Philadelphia, I want to actually take and host them and have the same type of centers out in other cities and connect people to um, healing resources through the arts. If anything that anybody is doing, please don't count out your gift of what you know how to do well to help other people. I think sometimes people really get caught up in the side of like, I didn't go to school for this. And every single thing that I have been successful with, TV, radio, even curating all of these things. I didn't go to school for any of that. I'm really big on education. I did graduate from college as well this year. However, what I find is that the very thing that I was passionate about, the very thing that people used to tell me that, you know, I need to tone down was the very thing that has helped to heal so many people. Sometimes people that I have never even had a conversation with, but somehow this artist had a conversation with them. Because at this point, 
Our city absolutely needs new things because we're in a new time and these kids and these families are suffering and we have to be able to reach them where they are. So a lot of us have experienced a lot of trauma. Trauma is just simply the tools to help you to help somebody else. Wayne Hunter has his own business helping people in our community learn to use technology in their personal and professional lives. Recently, Wayne had an opportunity to speak with someone else who's working in this space in our neighborhood. My name is Vicki Zandi, and I work for a nonprofit called Beyond Literacy. We provide um, education and opportunities for adults in Philadelphia. We do GED and HICEP prep. We do job training, workforce development, and digital literacy as well. And EFL, providing a wide range of educational opportunities for Philadelphians at no cost. And we do it in different areas of the city. I work doing digital literacy, and I do computer instruction, one-on-one -on -one help, and workshops on different topics at city rec centers around Philadelphia. You talked about digital literacy. Why is, is that important? It's important to help people uh, connect with one another these days, first of all, using social media and even video-based chats is really important for just staying in contact with friends and family. And then you get into the whole side of digital literacy being basically vital for most jobs these days. And if you have a good grasp on fundamental computer programs and technology, that will help you in almost any career and can help you get a better, a more lucrative job as well. Can you give folks out there some of the locations that they can take advantage of some of the services? Yeah, so me and my partner in Beyond Literacy are currently at seven city rec centers. Happy Hollow near Wayne Junction is one. Um, another in Germantown is Mallory Playground. And then we're also in a couple locations in West Philly and North Philly. We're there certain days of the week. So I'm at Happy Hollow Mondays from one to four. And we're also at Mallory Playground Mondays one to four. So anyone over 18 is free to drop in and get one-on-one -on -one help and tech support from me or another instructor. And yeah, if you go to our website, you can get the full schedule of where we are and on what days. But luckily for people, they don't have to register and they can just show up and hopefully I'll be able to assist them with whatever technology need they have. And then we also have workshops each week on a different topic. Got computer basics, learning to type, and then helping people create resumes and look for jobs, and then workshops on different computer programs, too. Thank you for all of the very valuable information you shared with us today. Is there any parting words that you would like to leave with our listening audience? 
Sure. Um, again, go to our website if you have any questions, or you can also call our general number. That is at 215-474-1235. This is Wayne Hunter signing off from Block by Block, wishing you all a farewell. Finally, Clayton Justice joins us from the Men Who Care of Germantown organization to share what Men Who Care have worked on throughout 2022 and what his community organizing vision is for 2023. Hi, my name is Clayton Justice. I'm the executive director of Men Who Care of Germantown. We have, uh, since uh, March of this year, have been kind of like on the front line, boots on the ground, if you will you know, dealing with trying to impact the gun violence that's happening in the Northwest. And uh, we were luckily enough and blessed enough to be the recipient of the Community Expansion Grant funding to impact gun violence in the Northwest. And long before we even got the money, we had three successful mentorship programs at Emlyn Elementary School, Roosevelt Elementary School, and Martin Luther King. And uh, we realized that, you know, in the news, even as recent as last week or the week before, we're finding that, you know, this culture is infiltrating, you know, younger people and the ideology of uh, what that culture looks like is something that young people, 10, 11 years old are getting involved in. And they see it in the images in the community. They see it on social media. They see it, you know, hear it in the music. And we're just really trying to, you know, impact the ideology of what the violent culture looks like and try to make some inroads in implanting some positive ideology so kids can know that they can make better choices. And to answer your question, um, at the high school, um, it's almost taken us a year just to get the guys to open up, you know, into our mentorship, you know, group settings, you know, just to talk about what their experiences are like. And lots of times, as in recent times in the news, you know, you find that this violence is making its way into schools. Like kids are actually bringing guns to school. Kids are actually feeling as though they can't go anywhere in our community without guns. And a lot of times it's just for their protection. And this stuff plays this out in its actions within the school walls. And just recently, you know, this week, um, the climate control staff came into one of our sessions and said, I just want to commend the work that you guys are doing, because this year we haven't had any incidences, no fights, no conflict for all of the 11th and 12th graders. And so, you know, you hear stories like that, and you know that the, the work that we're doing is resonating with the young men, and they're starting to de-escalate and, uh, and, and work through some of the methodology that we use 
and conflict resolution and critical thinking. And that's part of our program. So we're proud, you know, for those type of measures because we know that if they're working on it in school, then they can work on it in the community as well. So I know that you said that um, one one part was just getting them to open up took a, took a while. What were some of the other challenges that you saw in Germantown in the neighborhood while you were trying to do this violence prevention work and other work that you've been doing? There's like a model that Ceasefire uses and it's called a credible messenger. And we also do outreach work you know, not so much coming in direct contact with those who are, you know, committing the acts in our community, but just to be there to support the community, you know, when there's, you know, a, a tragedy that happens. And we do that by going to what are called the hotspots, go to those hotspots. You know, we bring resources there, like, you know, workforce development. We bring expungement people there to help people who may have open cases and stuff like that. We also bring food to find a way to engage the community. One of the challenges was, you know, talking to some of the guys that are quote unquote, I would say close to the lifestyle of violence, because these are the guys who are often, you know, on the corners and it's just really an awkward proposition to approach them because they look at you like a stranger. And that's when, a credible messenger is really, really someone who they can identify with, who could be a, a, an older person that lives in the community that they know. It could be, um, you know, someone who they may look up to in terms of how they call them their OG, their old head. Um, it's just trying to bring guys that are in that life out of those shadows into the light and try to figure out what they want to do with their lives. That's probably the most frustrating and challenging thing is to get those that are actually involved to come in, to come in have some constructive conversations, uh, understand you know, why they're doing what they're doing and try to find some measures or possibilities to just turn them around so they can seek wiser choices. What is your ideal vision, Men Who Care of Germantown? What's the ideal vision for the organization? Uh, and what do you want to see in Germantown in, in 2023? I think um, right now, um, aside from the fact that we recognize that there's still some food insecurities in Germantown, um, we recognize that there's still some effects of the gentrification that's going on in Germantown and people are being displaced. Um, there's a lack of housing, especially for the elderly community. And, uh, and then we have this epi epidemic of gun violence. So there's a lot that we're dealing with. And what I would like to see is oftentimes, you know, community organizations act in silence. And there's some great organizations that do some great work individually. But I think that if we begin to create coalitions and start pulling our resources together and work in concert with one another, I think that we'll have a bigger impact overall in our community versus trying to tackle these things on our own. So my vision for Germantown going forward in 2023 is forging those collaborations. So again, we can get out of our silos and start to collaborate and create really strong coalitions that can serve the community at large. That's it, folks. Rashida Jamu will join us again next week. This has been the Germantown Info Hub Radio Hour. 
I'm Maleka Fruin. If you have a story you want to hear covered, please contact us at gtown.infohub at gmail.com or text infohub to 73224 to start asking us questions. And we also encourage listeners to text the equally informed Philly Text Line, another program under Resolve Philly, which allows Philadelphians to gain access to information regarding Philadelphia's services. Equally Informed Philly is a direct response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Their team works to bridge the information divide, reducing barriers for vulnerable residents who need trustworthy information to live and thrive in Philly. They also invest deeply in underestimated voices and community storytellers. They provide a community-driven print newsletter and the Equal Info Line, a free bilingual English and Spanish question and answer texting service that also provides vetted local news and resources to subscribers. To start asking questions, you can text Equal Info to 73224. This is Maleka Fruin signing off. Good night, Germantown.